Welcome back to Meet at the Quarterback, a Minnesota Vikings podcast. My name is Harrison. I'm Hayes. I'm Andrew. And our Minnesota Vikings are 0 and 3. Another loss to a below average team uh, at home. And this is definitely the worst start we've had in a long time. I was looking back. Kirk has never started 0 and 3. We were one no. in 2020. We were 0 and 3. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. I was going to say, I couldn't remember. I thought we started 0 and 2. I know we were 1 and 5 at one point during that yeah. year. Yeah. Um, we did finish, I think, 8 and 9, which again, that's not good, but they went on a little hot streak. I don't know. This, this will be an interesting episode. Um, because yesterday I certainly was with the mindset, just give up. Um, I don't know if I still have that thought process, but I also still don't. This is, this is definitely the least I've believed in this team in a long time. Yeah. Which I would say is weird kind of, because I mean, essentially a few plays uh, you change a few plays this season and you could be three and zero, feeling amazing. Like it's yeah. not like we are getting destroyed, because <clears throat> um, then I think that that is that you can say with the utmost confidence it, that you are a terrible football team when you're constantly losing games by just a play here and there. Um, it makes it a lot harder to say you're a terrible team. But I think right now we are definitely not a good team. Yeah, no, they're, they're nowhere near a good team anymore. Um, I think there were, we've said it before, there were huge holes. This we, we, we looked at this roster at the specific spots where they excel and ignored the fact that they are really, 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 really bad in certain positions that you can't be that bad in. Um, and I know I went into the season thinking, oh, this is on paper a top five roster. And you look over it and you're like, wow, no, they're nowhere near a top five roster. Um, in the sense of how many holes they have both offensively and defensively. And I think you date back to last season, you you, you overlook how good Kevin O'Connell was. And you overlook the general management and you think, oh, wow, you know, all you need to do is bring in a guy like Brian Flores and this team record-wise won't be as good because 13 wins is tough to replicate back-to-back years, but they'll be even better. And no, they're a lot worse. And that's because of coaching. Um uh, I'm not going to say that Kevin O'Connell is a bad coach, yeah. But um, I, I I think he, uh, I think he got a little lucky last year, and it's starting to show that he's not as good a coach as we all thought. Yeah, I I would agree with you minus one thing because I think you know, I I think luck is such a dumb way to describe either a player or a coach. Um, but I would agree that I think now seeing him coach and seeing the plays and decisions he makes. um, Yeah. It does showcase. He isn't as good as we thought he was. Again, I don't think he's bad. I don't think he's on a hot seat. No, I don't think he was lucky last year. I just don't think he, I don't know. I think, I think there was a bit of probably a honeymoon phase. Um, You won the first few and you kind of, I mean, really, it was a confidence thing. You had that belief you could not lose. And now it's completely switched in the sense of like, 
we now have the belief that apparently we can't win. And it's showcasing week after week where, I mean, the Chargers basically gave us that game. Going for it on fourth, like <clears throat> we definitely should talk about that in the sense of Kevin O'Connell and the Vikings allowed Brandon Staley to uh, continue to be a head coach for the Chargers. Because one of you said 100% agree them not picking up that fourth and one from their own 26, 25, whatever it was, is a fireable decision. Absolutely. You could fire them on spot right there. Your own three, you went for it on fourth and one on your own 25. He would not be with the Chargers this time right now um, if the Vikings would have gone down the field and scored. Yep. Um, that was truly one of the worst coaching decisions I've ever seen watching football. I don't know what goes through a head coach's mind to think that a team with no timeouts, a minute and what, 20 seconds left, would even be able to score if you uh, pin them back. Minute 45, but yeah. Minute 45. So say you punt it away, you pin them, you pin us back inside the 20 with a good punt. We have no timeouts. The way our offense has moved the football wasn't great especially when you got into the red zone. Maybe that's why they went for it. Maybe they, they, maybe they that, thought it would really <laughs> be a better shot that we wouldn't score from the 20 than getting a long 50-yard touchdown. I mean, I doubt that that was actually the mindset. Yards but... yesterday. Yeah. But no, he, the Chargers, like they always do, chargered and did everything in their power to lose. And the Vikings decided to say, nope, I'm going to Viking harder than I've ever Viking before. And I'm going to out-suck the Chargers. It was two horrible franchises who love to blow games, and the Vikings decided to to just be a little bit worse yesterday. Yeah, all great points. Andrew, you're rather quiet. You want to add anything? You guys summed it up pretty good. It was a very sloppy game. I think what you do realize is this team is not going to be good until they kind of, like, learn from their mistakes, which they haven't yet. I think a big, big person that – kind of cost us a lot of that game was TJ Hawkinson. Oh, yeah. And Byron Murphy. Yes, I do now hate Byron Murphy. I know. <laughs> Lowest uh, PFF on the defense. I know. I know. He's not very good. And I also think this the players on the defense don't have what it takes to run the Flores-style defense. So to say it's Flores' fault, maybe. But also Flores is blitzing 40% of the time, and we had one sack. Yep. Daniel Hunter has five sacks. Everyone else has 0.5.5. .5. Like, it's just the defense, I think, is a bigger concern than the offense. And the offense is still kind of concerning in the fact that they can't score from within their own five-yard line. Yep. I mean, back-to-back -back drives where you could have taken the lead. The second one, you could, you would have likely won the game. And uh, turnover on downs and then the interception, which T.J. Hawkinson fell off your hands. You're the highest-paid tight end in the league. You got you got what you wanted. Yeah, you, you complained all preseason, and now I mean you're not playing bad, but you're not playing your contract by any means, not even close. I mean, Bumbling. on that same series, he had a drop. I mean, it was a he got hit hard, but hit the hands. Then you get hit, drop the ball, and then, and then he then cost us five yards because he decided to be a wimp. Yep, yep. lay on the ground, down. and that's a five yard penalty after another injury with no timeout. So it's just. They're just weak. They're just a weak team. And that same game, Hawkinson got the ball literally ripped from his hands. Yep. Yeah. Like old school, like just like bully. He literally just ripped it from his hands. Um, what was I going to add? Oh, the defense. Yes. 
So we are the third. We are the third most blitz rate defense in the NFL. And I think, yeah, Andrew, you mentioned it. We have six total sacks this season. Only one of those six has come from blitzing. That, I mean, isn't the whole purpose (laughs) of bringing pressure is to get to the quarterback as fast as you can and and either put him down or have him force uh, a bad throw and get a turnover. I think we we have one single pick and one single uh, sack from blitzing. And I don't even know if the pick was from blitzing or if it was just a normal coverage. I think it was a drop. I think they dropped uh, eight in the coverage. It was a long third down that you got the pick. So, so yeah, it's fun. I use, I mean, I don't know even if you can describe it as fun when you're not successfully accomplishing the blitz, but yeah, I agree. I mean, yeah, people are definitely going to look at Kirk and KOC and, and this offense for not being as efficient as they should, which I agree. And, you know, the defense continues to be a problem. Now, they did, you know, do what they had to do on the biggest play of the game, fourth and one. They got the stop, gave the offense the ball back with a very easy, I'm not even going to say like difficult um, opportunity to win the game. You had to go 25 yards in a minute 45 and they failed to do so. So yes, the defense looked bad. Yes. um, They gave up whatever 450 total yards. Um, But I don't know it's not like we lost the game because the defense was bad. No, I I think we lost the game because of the offense. Um, you, I love Jefferson. He is the reason you win games, but he's lollygagging on that fourth down play. Doesn't get set. Leads to a penalty, leads to a quick play, leads to a drop. Turnover on downs. That's super frustrating. Um, can't pin the loss on him. Absolutely not. I'm just naming things that happened. Uh, so many offensive holding calls. Ed Ingram, I hope he never sees the football field ever again. He And that's on coaching again. I, I think... Yep. You have to at halftime when he's already had two holding calls and given up a sack. You're like, okay, it's done. No more, no more Ed Ingram because he truly costs you losses and he'll get players injured because of how bad he is. Um, and the, yeah, it's just it's it's so it's so frustrating how we all said they're a top five offense. Right now, they're playing like a bottom five offense. They're horrible offensively. They they are ranked seventeenth offensively right now. Uh, I would not say they're playing horribly offensively. I think there's certain things about the offense that suck, but I think there's a lot of good things about the offense. I wouldn't say that game yesterday was on the offense. I mean, when you give up 100% that game's on the offense. No, I think it was on the entire team. 450 passing yards, and you're going to say it's on the offense? That's just insane. You're facing the worst defense in the NFL, and you don't score in the first quarter, and you are in the red zone in your last two possessions, and you don't score. That is offensive ineptitude right there, and that's why they lost. And I don't think it's why they lost. I think there are multiple re- – I think the offense uh, – I think a Purple Daily – Yet again. I think Purple Daily in the pie chart, they do a nice job of kind of like breaking down the blame. Um, I'd say you can give the offense probably 75% of the blame because of – and, you know, you can break it down to specific players. But I think a quarter of the blame should definitely still go – with the defense because you gave up. I mean, Herbert is good, 
but he's not only six incompletions good. Uh, it was his first time going over 400 yards. Um, I think you constantly put yourself in a position to lose if you give up close to 30 points defensively. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would agree also, I think if you score 30, which all you need is one more touchdown, nine times out of 10, if you put up 30 offensively, you're going to win the game. Every time we put up 30 last year, we were undefeated. Yeah, so like, I agree that the, that the defense was not good yesterday. They have not been good this season. Um, they were bad yesterday. But in a time when you needed a stop, they gave you a stop, and they gave your top five offense an opportunity to win the game against the – I'll say it again. This is the worst defense in the NFL you were facing yesterday. The defense got you a stop to get a score. And the play calling, you can say it's it, – I, th- I think it's on play calling more than it is on personnel um, because what are you doing second and goal? I, I don't know if this was the last possession of the possession before or second and goal. They had three tight ends and a fullback out there. No wide receivers were on the field. And they run it with Alexander Madison and he gets smashed. Never, ever, ever take Justin Jefferson out of the game at any point on the goal line because it's – okay, the defense knows it's a run. So it's just it, – it's play calling. And it's just it's just really sloppy with the amount of penalties. Alexander Madison fumbled it twice and it was blown dead. You cannot hand him the ball without holding your breath, worried that he's going to fumble it. TJ Hawkinson clearly isn't as strong as he is, so it's just it, it's sloppy. It's really really sloppy. I think a, a a big you kind of talked about it too, but sort of ignoring obvious problems. Ed Ingram was the one that gave up all was responsible, was responsible for all four of Kirk Cousins sacks. He was the one that got beat on the intentional grounding. He um, got beat on third and long in the first quarter where he was sacked. The one where uh, Kirk's knee hit the ground while he was throwing that we didn't think was an incomplete or that we didn't think was a sack. That was a sack was Ed Ingram's guy that beat him. Um, and there's a, a, a play in which Madison broke and ran for eight yards to set up a second and short, and it came back because Ed Ingram held. Over half a dozen times, Ed Ingram has costed you yards and cost you first downs. So he is a guy, and again, we've said this before, he was the lowest scoring offensive lineman or lowest, lowest rated offensive lineman in the entire NFL last year. And he somehow still manages to start and get snaps. Uh, it, it, there's, there's no logic behind it at all. None. Alton Reisner has to be up to speed by next Sunday. And I think there's, there's no, even if you are injured, it turns into, he is now Andrew Booth Jr. And Lewis seen, he does not see the field unless so many guys go down. Yeah. He is pretty booty. But then again, it's like, why even have Reisner now? Like, you're not making the playoffs. So we're going to finish 8-9 and nine and be picking 15th or 16th and just have the same years repeat, 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 repeat. Yeah, I, I think you have to look at the next. I, I think San Francisco is telling, and if you're – Two and five, I guess, after that San Francisco game. I, I really don't know. I, I want to say just be done. And I think, yeah, I think sometimes you have to tank. I don't see them winning the NFC. I don't see them going on the road and winning three playoff games. So I just, I, I think you have to 
you're, but the thing is, you're not going to get Kirk to sign off on that no trade clause. Um, but, I, but the people you can trade, I think, is Daniel Hunter. He'll go anywhere. I think you can uh, trade Harrison Smith. He's under a last year of his contract, a veteran safety. Someone would take him. You have to be done. Sometimes you have to really suck, and the Vikings never just want to suck. Sometimes you have to. This is a perfect year to just be done. There's so many good quarterbacks in next year's draft that you could take. Yeah, and I would say the only thing is, like, this team, the quarterback's not the problem. But I do also think, like, okay, just reset the whole thing. Like, move on from Kirk. He's 35. Going to be way too expensive. The biggest problem with tanking is then, yeah, you won't have Jefferson committed to a long contract because he's going to have no stability about, like, winning. Which is honestly literally the only, like, priority they should have right now is they screwed up big time by not giving him a contract in august because they thought they'd be gonna be good they thought they could just wait they bet on themselves that they could do yet another year of a competitive rebuild and they've noticed that that no longer works you had that one year you had your shot you failed by losing a home playoff game you now reap the consequences to not uh filling holes and not signing not signing it makes no sense it just there's so much to blame you can't even get to all of it yeah I mean it does almost feel like they're a little bit in panic mode just with finally signing Reisner who we should have you know if you if you did that in August when I believe is when he originally came to training camp uh to visit with us you know he's he's starting week one and he's not yeah. missing the first game because, I mean, it's fair. I don't blame him for not being ready to go. I mean, no. then we make we made it official on, on Monday of last week. So um, I don't blame him. And also you traded for, again, I know it's not super flashy, but a guy who probably could bring something with Cam, uh, Cam Akers. Um, and, like, again, I feel like that is uh, – they're, they're trying to make up for lost ground because like you, like you both mentioned, they thought they were better than we are. They thought, you know, certain players that looked so terrible last year were going to be fine and ready to go and see improvement this year. And no one from last year's group, I think is playing better this year. Uh, no, uh, other than honestly, I guess the only one that comes to mind, and you guys might disagree, but I think Jordan Hicks is playing better this year than he did last year. I don't think he's he's still not as fast um, for a linebacker, but he's a really, really good run blocker or run stopper. And he just looks physically stronger. He does. He, he, so he yeah. He's the only one where I guess. Yeah, they're like, let's keep him because he'll be good again next year. And he's so far in three games, much better than what we saw last year. But um, I mean, Marcus Davenport has yet to play your first and second round picks with Seen and Booth Jr. Don't play. Um, Ed Ingram is truly undoubtedly the worst lineman I've ever seen in my Viking fandom uh, career. Um, Byron Murphy looks inept. I mean, he got his arse handed to him by a 32 year old wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, who am I forgetting? <laughs> um, 
Ryan Wright, I know he's the punter, but he was, you know, someone we talked highly of last year and had a pretty good rookie season. I don't think has a single punt inside the 20 yet this year. Yeah, he's yeah, you, you can you can just keep going with the names. Brian Osamoa was supposed to be the another linebacker. He I don't I've haven't heard his name all year. Um and yeah, I don't think he's really been playing perfectly into this scheme. So I, I, yeah, I, it, it does. It goes back to, I think, Quasey and, and Kevin O'Connor were like, wow, we got kind of a good roster here that we just need this guy and this guy, and it's going to be real good. And then I think they got into training camp and were like, oh, crap. Brian Osimo actually kind of sucks. Lewis Seen is actually one of the worst safeties on this team. Oh, crap. Andrew Booth Jr., he sucks too. It's They, they, they slowly started to figure everything out, and I think it's too late. They're too late to the party of signing can of trading for cam makers and signing Reisner where again, yeah, you're all in three historically right now you, you have about a, a 1% chance to make the playoffs 1.5% chance to make the playoffs. I think your schedule is super difficult. And it, it's seriously, it's like, do you want to, it's what Andrew said. Do you want to be eight and nine and you squeak in as like the seven seed? Okay. But then what? You probably lose in the first round on the road to the the Niners or the Eagles or the Cowboys. And then you're the 20th overall pick. It's the same thing every single year. So you land, what, a uh, cornerback again? It's just, I, you, yeah, you said you don't really know if you can tank because of Jefferson and all these other factors. But it's like, then what do you do? <laughs> you trade what? a couple first round picks in the future to try to land your guy this year? I, it's just. I don't know. I mean. Right now, through three games, it looks very under-promising. Um, but granted, and I think, you know, let's let's get all the negatives out now because then I think we should shift into – because I don't I, – I don't know if I have any positives, really. Just I mean, you can, you, can, you can look – maybe not specifically at this game, um, but I think you, you can always pull some positives here and there. Um, and, you know, I think Kirk said it and his – post-game press conference, but the numbers don't look good in the sense of, yeah, whatever under 3% of teams that started 0-3 actually make the postseason, and even then, how far do they uh, make it? But it is, I mean, you still have 14 games to go. Like, you're not going to go 14-0, and but let's say, you know, hypothetically, you do go 11-3, and so you finish 10-7, and which could potentially still get you the NFC North. I don't think the NFC North is going to be that good. And let's say, you know, out of those 10 wins, five, half of them are against the NFC North. So then you hold tiebreakers and I don't know. There's I, a good chance you'd have to go five and one in the, in the division. Yeah. But is that like, I mean, again, on paper, I think we definitely are the best team out of the NFC North. You disagree? I, 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 I think on paper, if you look at Detroit's roster, it's, 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 they fill more positions than we fill. They don't have as many holes in their roster as we do. Maybe they don't have that star player. Maybe Kirk Cousins is a little bit better than Justin Jefferson, all these other things. But their defense was has been really good this year. Take away that Eagles game. They, were the, the, they, they held the Chiefs, obviously, without Travis Kelsey. But I'd say, no, I, I don't know if I'd say right now the Vikings roster is better. Yeah. I don't know. I guess I, I would disagree when you have, I guess if you go head to head with them next week, what happens? Do you think we could beat the lions next week? 
it's it's tough because we're coming off a game that we literally said no thank you to. Um, so it's hard to really put a lot of hope and and belief in this team because it seems like this team doesn't even believe in themselves. Yeah. Um, so I want to say yes. I think, you know, once we get that first win, um, unless it comes another month from now, um, I, I do think we could, you know, go toe to toe with a lot of a lot of teams. Um, again, you the run defense looked terrible against the Eagles, but, you know, you lost by one score and you turned the ball over four times against the Eagles two weeks ago. You cut those turnovers in half. You could potentially beat uh, the reigning NFC champions in Philadelphia, like like at their home turf. So I don't know. That, that's why I'm like, you know, the optimist in me is still there just because I think you eliminate some of those dumb turnovers. Um, you know, Ingram finally goes on the bench. Um, we went into this year thinking there was a shot they could, you know, make it to the NFC championship game, you know, weak NFC. And we thought the roster was better than it is. Do you still think there's a chance they could, they could make it to the NFC championship game? Right at this moment? No, I don't. And I, then I think that's when you say, okay, now it's, now it's time to be done. And, and we have to, we have to trade some of those big names. Yeah. But again, and I, my only argument would be, I think it's still too early in the season to officially write it off. You know, I think, I think you give it another, you know, three weeks, six games into the year. I think it's a good, you know, you're almost halfway, you're almost at the halfway point. I think that's a much more accurate tell to see sort of like how you do compare. You know, if you if you comfortably beat Carolina on the road, if you put up a good fight against the Chiefs and let's say hypothetically you beat the Niners, you're two and four. And I feel like people are feeling a little bit better. You wouldn't feel you wouldn't feel better if you go if you go two and one. Absolutely, I'd feel better, but yeah, um, that's my point. I'm not saying I'm gonna be like, oh yes, this team's now going to the NFC Championship game. I still, I think a lot of things need to change to get to that point. Um, but With Kirk Cousins as your quarterback, you're going to win at the minimum seven, eight games. Agreed. Agreed. Going to you know this this team. Three years ago, started 0-3. They finished 8-9. They were in the hunt up until the last couple games or so. Um, with seven teams making the playoffs now, you're always going to be in the hunt. The Lions started 1-6 last year. It came to their final game where they had a shot at making the playoffs. So it's possible that they make the playoffs. It's not probable. It's possible. But I, but I just – the thing is, you get to the playoffs, and it's going to be the same thing. I have no confidence that they yes. go on the road. Which, which I get. And I didn't honestly, for a while, I didn't uh, totally understand. Like, do you always want to just be in the hunt? Do you just want to have a chance? And honestly, I go back and forth with that constantly. Cause you have seen teams sneak into the playoffs and go on a run. Mm-hmm. Um, and even though KOC is super frustrating right now, I do believe in him in the sense of like, I think he could be the type of coach that could lead a team in the playoffs on a little run and have a chance uh, against some of the best teams. So that's where I guess, you know, the optimist in me is still there is like, if you do sneak in, I, I could see it happening. Granted through three weeks, this team does not look like they're the type that could do that. Um, 
And I think, you know, it's just too early to completely write off an entire year. Um, I think it really just depends on sort of, you know, what the next month looks like. Um, you know, we mentioned how bad the red zone offense is. We mentioned that KOC made a lot of mistakes, play calling. Um, Kirk, despite, you know, statistically looking good, uh, or statistically having good numbers, I think you, you do look at that final drive and the 20 seconds that were wasted because he couldn't hear KOC in his little helmet thing. And then, um, what I don't get is both Kirk and Kevin O'Connell. It's fourth and five. You pick, you don't pick this up games over. You pick this up. You know, it's going to be loud. Why do yeah. you not immediately have a plan? If you pick up that play, you know, like, is it really going to be quiet? <laughs> like, no. like you, you know, you pick up that fourth and, uh, and, and five, you're inside the five or you're inside yeah. the 10 and it's going to be incredibly loud at us bank. Yeah. So in that situation, either have a play ready to go that everyone knows and you do it or you clock the ball. You say that yeah. beforehand. I mean, why is it that, us or as even if fans and you know reporters and analysts and everyone other than Kirk Cousins and Kevin O'Connell are saying the exact same thing. Spike the ball. And I I, I listened to their you know post game and they were saying like, oh, we like to hurry up, we're good at moving quickly, and you know, we just wanted to catch them off 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 guard or whatever. Um, but we were the people that were off guard or, or caught off guard. And the ones that look confused and had chaos. So I would say only do the hurry up if you're good at it and it works and yeah. wasting 20 seconds for seven yards is not good. Hurry up offense. So you spike it and you got three plays to get six yards, which I mean, that's not even a shoe in with this team, but at least you're not forcing a ball because the clock is running low. Yeah. I, <laughs> Kirk, you're a 12-year NFL vet. Even if you had a play call designed and you can't get it off to your team or you're trying to, you literally, there's a signal to say spike it and everyone would have gotten set and you spike the ball and it would have wasted 10 seconds. So that one is on Kirk more than it is on coaching. You're a 12-year vet. Get your guys together. You've played on the road before in big games. You, it's not, stop blaming it on the crowd noise. Yeah. Like, or, or that, you know, you'd be scolded for running a play incorrectly. Like, you know, like, no, it's this, not Zimmer anymore, buddy. I don't we, think Kevin O'Connell's raised his voice in his <laughs> tenure. Like what? We should not, we should not be the ones to know what you do in that situation. Your our quarterback and our coach should be the ones to know that. Like, I just don't, I don't get it. I don't understand this team. Um, and just the constant mistakes that they have made so far this season. Yeah. And how many times did they run it yesterday? Does anyone know? I can look very quickly here. Look that up real quick because I, I get you, you want Madison to get a little more carries. They hadn't run the football a lot. You're facing the worst passing defense in the league. And it just felt like in that first quarter, especially Kevin O'Connell was we got to make sure Madison's looking good. We got to make sure Madison's self-esteem is getting up. We got to make sure Madison's doing this and that. And Madison was good in that first quarter, but come on. 
you didn't target Jefferson Jefferson in that first quarter. He's the best player in the NFL, and you did not target him against the worst passing defense in the first quarter. Mm-hmm. So you see that other teams have designed plays with their best players. Keenan Allen had 18 catches yesterday. Justin <laughs> Jefferson was one-on-one multiple times yesterday, yeah. and he ended with five receptions. So, Or was it seven, seven receptions? Maybe. I don't know how much he had. but Yeah, he seven for 149. A, seven for 149, a phenomenal game. But he should have had 14, 15 catches. Justin Jefferson should be getting – Cooper cup level targets, you know, that's why you brought Kevin O'Connell over because it was like, Oh, Justin Jefferson's now going to get 15, 20 targets a game. And and maybe that falls on Kirk more than it falls on Kevin O'Connell, but it's just, he's the best player. You should be targeting him four times a quarter minimum. Yeah, I agree. I mean, especially because when you do see it or when you do see even like quick outs, he picks up five, six yards every time. And every once in a while, yeah, he'll get tripped up for one yard or two yards. But at least, like, I mean, I remember watching the Rams games in 2021, and it was just so simple. It was such simple stuff. And I don't think, yeah, whether it's on Kirk or O'Connell or a little bit of both, you can't turn away from him. I mean, he, he's we're ta- we've mentioned this in two of the three podcasts, I feel like, yet he still has the – or tied for the most receiving yards in three games in a season. So it's like it's just what you could do if you fully – use like all his potential mm-hmm. and yeah i'm literally nervous that he's gonna go somewhere else because he's the only like piece of this team i have any enjoyment for oh 100 if, if jefferson i actually did think about it i mean <clears throat> i wouldn't you know fully uh commit one year to a new left, right go ahead what you have one year left at, at minimum so the sense of you have to get a contract on this offseason Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I'm just, we have one year at least. (laughs) Yeah, but I'm saying like, you know, uh, no, I don't really see like a trade happening at all at any point. Oh, even though you could get a ton of picks, unless you know he's leaving. Unless he literally says, I won't play unless you trade me, then yeah. And he's not the type of guy that would do that. No, definitely not. But I don't, I mean, not yet. He has not given any indication that he's that type of guy. He wants to win and he'll he'll do everything to win for his teammates and win for himself. So I don't think he'd ever sit out. No. He also just yeah. Likes to play. No, but because he, I mean, he believes, and I think he has every right to believe this. He has the best chance on this team to win games. Um, yeah. Hey, every time. Like, yeah, just the, the. And I think in the off season, the Vikings will say, here you go. We we screwed up by not allowing you any amount of money you wanted in the offseason. Unless Justin Jefferson was asking for forty million dollars a year, even, even if then, he is, I don't to care. Him. Give it to him. Like he is a he is a generational talent. You could lock him up for five years, you know, a hundred and whatever million dollars it'd be, and I would not care because you'd have him for five more years. So yeah, yeah, no, I I agree. Uh, to, hey, just to answer your question earlier, we did run the ball 24 times, yes, which disgusting. has to be the most that we've done. Well, let's pump the brakes. Um, we we did run it very well yesterday, so I don't yeah. I I don't agree that you should you know stop running the ball when it's been successful. But I do I agree. I do agree that there should not be at any point in time an entire quarter length in which Justin Jefferson doesn't even get a ball thrown his way. 
That's what I uh, agree with. And, you know, on the first drive, you were driving the ball. uh, You were running the ball well, and it, it ended with a Hawkinson fumble, which I think, you know, has been the case throughout this year. Uh, you've had a good drive that has ended in a turnover. So with that, you know, but then the very next drive, you went almost three. Now you picked up one first down again on the, on the ground, but then you had three, uh, you had a sack an incompletion and a stuffed run again, none of which were targeted targets towards Jefferson. Uh, and in that situation, yeah, you need to get him find ways to get him the ball. Zero offensive points in 45 minutes of the first quarter this season. Yep. Um, so you want to be a very consistent team. You score in the first quarter. You need to start out quick sometimes. Zero offensive points is insane. It's insane how we are almost the complete opposite team from a year yep. ago. We are 0-3 in one-score games. And I don't know the exact numbers, but we were uh, one of the best opening drive teams in the NFL and we as you just shared don't even have a single point in the first quarter through three games yeah so it's very odd um yeah it's uh I mean you verse another oh uh defeated team a week from now against the Panthers but it's on the road um and you know, old man Thielen put up a buck, like a buck twenty or a buck thirty yesterday. Dude, I could see him completely torching Byron Murphy Jr. Oh, absolutely, he could. Anyone could. Which is annoying. And when you have an um, opportunity to get a pick, it falls off whatever Caleb Evans. hands, Caleb Evans' hands, and falls into the Chargers receiver's hands for a touchdown. So, yeah, yeah. I mean. You know, obvious changes from our perspective next week is I think you need to chill a bit with the blitzing because it's not working. Um, or you need to get a little bit more creative with it, like not just sending everyone all at once and hoping that it lands. Um, and you need to sit Ingram and have Reisner start and, you know, shuffle the line around to whatever makes sense. Um and you need to give Justin Jefferson 15 targets. Yep. A hundred. You do those three things and hold on to the football. No more turnovers. So those four things, <laughs> um, I don't know. I, 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 you do those four things. I don't really see this team losing. No, you know, it'll be interesting uh, to see what the spread is and everything. Um, Ugh. I have no confidence. What'd you say? So it'll be fun to watch without caring. I don't care if they win or lose anymore. Will yeah, it? I, I honestly would agree. Like, what's what's the? What's I, the I very much could just write this one up as a tie until they until they have a winning record or until they're like deep into the season and in playoff contention. Like, what's the point of caring? Yeah. No, no, I only it really does not matter. They start to care once the Vikings yeah. start to care about winning. Then I'll start caring about. They've winning. literally they just been care. a bad football team so far, and I'm sick of saying, "Oh, we would have won this game without the turnovers." Well, it hasn't happened yet, so until it happens, I'm not like buying in. We would have won this game without Ed Ingram. Well, no, he's he's KLC's puppet. We would have <laughs> won this game with without turnovers. No, they they they're horrible and unconditioned because they don't play in preseason. 
Oh, we would have won this game without this. Well, no, they didn't fill the necessary holes because their general manager is an idiot. So, like the defense would have, they're too late to the game. D line is so bad. The D line is horrible. Dean Lowry's your best. Corners are not not good. Cornerbacks are not good. Safeties, I don't really like any of them. Ivan Pace, probably my favorite player on the defense, and he doesn't really do much. There are seriously two, three players on this team right now that I'd be like, you cannot trade. The Neo Hunter is just a stat that, that Ivan he, Pace yeah, he, is, he literally is. He's the Kirk Cousins of the defense. He doesn't really make plays. He just gets the stats. Yep. yep. Jeffrey, literally, Justin Jefferson is like I'm the only person I like. I can't stand any of them. Jordan Addison, maybe. He's had decent opportunities. He hasn't really hurt the team. No. Yeah. I think but he's like, we said it last good. week, and I think he continues to prove he's your he's your wide receiver too, and a pretty good yeah. one. So why we barely saw him in the first half, no idea. <laughs> I don't keep sending yeah. Give credit where credit is due. KJ Otterborn had a nice touchdown this week. So yep. he didn't do anything that hurt the team. Other than no, yeah, I guess he didn't really, I don't think he had any drops. Nope. Kirk missed him twice. Yeah, the the play that would have been a touchdown should have been a little bit of a better throw. Mm-hmm. Yep. But if it's me, I'm catching that. So, yeah, facts, facts. Um, quick, I'll just update the predictions you guys gave because I thought it was kind of interesting. <laughs> I'm on three again. A's once again. You and I got one of them correct. Great. Um. So Hayes, our to- so I'm very mad. One of my predictions was. Jeff, Justin Jefferson gets 150 yards and a touchdown. He finished with 149 yards and a touchdown. That hurts. So that it's wrong. Hurts. It's I wrong. Oh, it to be. Okay. It's wrong. It's not. <laughs> that was a tough one to get wrong. Um, I said Herbert turns the ball over two times, and one of them will be a Viking rookie. That was nowhere even close. Um, Kirk has a three-touchdown game. That is a safe one that I can. You just can do that every week. Add. So I, I did make a comment because Hayes's one also. So Hayes, you had a defensive touchdown by Ivan Pace Jr. Wrong. Or no, a defensive touchdown, but then we I added who do you Can think? Julian Ivan Pace, yeah. Either way, it's wrong. Um, the offensive line will have no sacks. We had four. Thanks, Ed. <laughs> Kirk Cousins, 325. Uh, and three touchdowns, which he definitely did. So I was going to say, moving forward, we make no more J Jets or Kirk predictions because it's just a shoe in at this point. You know, it uh, it, it's it's a comfortable assumption. You can maybe start predicting Ed Ingram will have two penalties and three sacks. Yeah, or start making like bold bold predictions. Uh, Ed Ingram three sacks, two forced fumbles. Please stop at the lineman. How's that possible? Just watch. I'll do it. Just watch. I'll make it happen. Andrew, you are 0 for 3 again. Harrison Smith will get a sack. He had multiple uh, – he was close multiple times, but, again, with the Flores defense, apparently we're a millisecond too slow. <laughs> Alexander Madison will have a touchdown in each half. That one wasn't close at all. Could have. And Jordan Addison will have 100-plus receiving yards and his third touchdown. I believe he finished with about 60 and no touchdowns. So through three weeks, Hayes, you and I are four for nine. Andrew is one for nine. Wow. And once again, we are all incorrect on the score prediction. 
Um, if we scored that touchdown, Andrew, you would have been spot on. You predicted a Vikes 30, You've predicted a Vikes thirty-one twenty-eight win, and we wow. lost twenty-eight twenty-four. I just want to say one thing. Go for it. The Vikings have scored sixty-nine points this season. The Miami Dolphins scored seventy yesterday. So ten touchdowns for the Dolphins' offense yesterday is more than the Vikings have scored in three games. So uh, yeah, no Super Bowl when you're facing the Dolphins. They will win the Super Bowl. Just watch this year. They will this year. Oh, if okay. Tua doesn't get hurt, hundred percent. Wow, I'm very confident. They're my new. They're my new team. What was that? That was a dolphin. How is it on your head? I can't show my back and do it. <laughs> um. Okay. Quick. One positive thing that's not related to Justin Jefferson. Just do it. We have to end on a high note. I don't know if it's possible. No, it is. It is possible. Um... Uh, you you all have to go first. I have to think. Um. Yeah. Let's think real quick. Damn, this is pathetic. Uh, I like the double pass that the Chargers ran. I no, thought that was no, really smart no, because no. they literally ran the same play like thirty times before, and then they set up the double pass, which was excellent coaching. Uh, Actually, yeah, this is a lot harder than I thought. I was positive we could get like maybe a second round pick for Kirk this year. I got it. You are not the worst team in the NFC North. Thank goodness. The Bears did find a way to suck more than you guys did. Yes, that is a good way. Thankfully, we are not the Bears. That is true. I would hate to be the Bears. Yes. Did they lose 41-0 or did they put up points? They, they kicked a field points. goal. 41-3? Very nice. Um. Yeah. But, okay. 41-10. On, oh, okay. On to uh, Carolina. Again, the season's not over yet. If we lose to Carolina, maybe. <laughs> but I don't know. We do still have the Twins, thankfully. Thank goodness. Uh, playoff baseball. Twins breaking a 20-year streak or is all we have left. Playoff baseball starts in a week. We could, we could, you know, we could have a good week next week. Beat the Panthers on, on Sunday. Twins win their first playoff game in almost 20 years on tuesday that would be great that would be great when are we recording twinstown uh we will let the um a's series go which are we off monday yeah are we off today so we go tuesday wednesday thursday so what we could do is we could do a double decker thursday record the twins home series and then preview vikings panthers on thursday i could after three all right I think we can make that work. I'll check my calendar, but I would assume that can work. Let's go. All right. Stay hopeful for now. Uh, this is Meet at the Quarterback, a Minnesota Vikings podcast. My name is Harrison. I'm Hayes. I'm Andrew. Skull Bikes.